0: Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing in small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks as always for joining me. But uh, on today's episode, we've got uh, a lot of different stuff to cover. Uh, This market rally we saw on Friday is it going to last. I'm going to talk about uh, uh, some of my covered calls that expired this past Friday. We're going to be looking at some future ones that I wrote and uh, how I'm trying to make some money there. we got Costco numbers, Facebook news, Tesla news. We've got a lot of crypto news too with uh, the silver bank uh, scandal, you want to call it that, or just really the... uh, The lack of knowledge that we have coming out of that bank as they missed reporting that uh, K-1 report. So I guess we can go ahead and get started right there. We've got uh, Silver Bank. I believe the ticker is SI. They are trading much, much lower from uh, this past year. I think they are down about 90% over the year. And uh, yeah, they missed a K-1 filing as to what their business uh, environment looks like and all their numbers for this uh, this first quarter, and uh, yeah, we're trading about five dollars and seventy seven cents as uh, at the close on Friday, and we were up as high as one hundred and sixty two dollars last March. So there's been a lot of different scandals here. We've you know definitely followed the FTX, the Alameda Research news. Uh, a lot of the problems with Silver Bank was that uh, the FTX deposits was uh, going through Silver Bank. So now it looks like uh, the amount of money that they have coming in has definitely slowed. And uh, there's definitely some problems there. They're on the brink of bankruptcy. So we're really trying to see what happens with Silver Bank going forward. And uh, they're, they're really trying to be in a, uh, what is it called, into a receivership. Uh, this bank is FDIC insured. I will point that out. Uh, but unlike bankruptcy, a receivership acts as a protective umbrella. Uh, basically, the receiver or the trustee appointed... Uh, to take over the business with the ultimate goal of protecting the creditors especially those with uh secured loans so uh, the the receivership receive, excuse me receivership is not a legal action and is geared to protecting a company's lenders instead of the borrow, borrowers as in the case of a bankruptcy so there's a lot of different things going on here we're watching uh some of the cryptos really trade down on some of this news we saw bitcoin uh ethereum definitely drop Uh, This past week on this uh, kind of, you know, falling of of Silver Bank or Silver Gate, sorry, and really see what is happening there. So I'm definitely paying attention to this. I think a lot of it is noise. A lot of other uh, crypto exchanges have already pulled out of this one. They don't have funds there. Everyone has already been on Twitter saying this is all that we owe to them uh, or we don't have any ties to them. Every different exchange has already basically... Uh, explain their involvement with Silvergate. So um, yeah, we're, we're definitely trying to see what happens with uh, with them as a bank, as an institution. But at the same time, we really want to be paying attention to what's happening with the crypto coins. So uh, for example, I did go ahead and pull uh, some of my coins out of USDC and then start buying some more Bitcoin. And uh, ultimately, i 've already said that I will continue to do that as we drop you know another 10 15 20 percent I will kind of dollar cost average in more on the way down and uh, really try to accumulate more coins per dollar uh, as I've, I've kind of exchanged out at that uh, 24 level uh, give or take and now I want to buy back in cheaper so that's what I'm doing there uh, we can we can definitely take a look here and uh, and see ultimately what is going on on the crypto front. As I am recording, it's about 2.45 on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we are sitting at uh, 22,397 on Bitcoin. But uh, over the last week, how are we performing? And uh, we're down about 4.1% uh, over the past seven days. So over the last month, only three and a half. So we did have a little bit of a run there and then ultimately came back down on some of this news. But uh, it is definitely worth watching and uh, understanding that uh, this bank that deals primarily with crypto exchanges and deposits does have a uh, significant effect on what happens in the crypto space. So that's what I've got there. We've got uh, numbers out of Costco. Their EPS was $3.30 versus their $3.20 estimate. We had revenue coming in light Uh, at 54.29 billion versus a 55.61 basis. So they they made a little bit less on that revenue, but uh, apparently their their earnings made it to the bottom line. So they look like they did pretty decent on that cost control and actually per share, they made more than anticipated on less money coming in. So um, not the biggest of news there, but I did want to point it out because a lot of people are really concerned about what the consumer is doing with this environment of uh, you know people kind of tightening those uh, those wallets as you know we're really entering into this time that could be a rough recession. So we still got uh, you know the Fed looking to ultimately uh, increase these rates. We still got people claiming that they want to go ahead and bump these rates higher. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the the CME Fed watch tool just because I, I think this is one that we need to uh, really pay attention here. Uh, And actually, yeah, now we are actually more uh, leaning towards that 25 basis point hike. We are at 71 and a half percent to get a 25 BP hike versus I think last week we were at like 67 percent that we were getting 25 percent and more so on the, uh, the 50 basis point hike. So it's looking like we're leaning heavier towards that 25 hike, which I really was bullish on from the standpoint that I don't think that the Fed is going to flip flop. And uh, really just shorten you know, this extra 25 basis point hike by about five weeks is really what it broke down to. So if we go ahead and also do a 25 BP hike into May, we'd be at the same number. So we're only really delaying it that extra five weeks. So that's uh, ultimately what I'm watching here. That's what I'm seeing, but um, uh, at least on the Fed front. So now uh, Zuckerberg, we've got uh, some news out of WhatsApp in uh, the meta Facebook this is what we're looking at here. They are uh, apparently accepting uh, the Brazilian uh, federal government as accepting a payment feature through WhatsApp, which is apparently going to start a, a kind of new payment revolution for the Meta company and being able to uh, accept uh, monetary transactions through that platform. So that is definitely good to see for uh, Meta to f- have another way to make money that isn't through advertising, that isn't through these uh, these VR headsets that Ultimately, people don't really want right now. They are cutting the prices on those. That is the the next thing here is that uh, they're cutting prices on the uh, Quest Pro down to nine ninety nine, and the Quest Two, the two hundred and fifty six gigabyte model down to four twenty nine. So they're trying to get those in more hands, so they say that people can uh, appreciate the VR that they're building and uh, really try to get more end users. But uh, I truthfully think that it's just a case where they can't uh, sell enough of these things. So that's what's going on there. We had uh, the investor day for Tesla. Uh, This one, uh, I know you guys think I'm probably a Tesla mega Super Bowl, but that might not be the case all the time. This presentation was a little bit uh, lackluster. I think there was a lot of good things that were in the presentation. But uh, I don't know that the whole presentation was uh, presented as well as it could have been. So we do have uh, the you know the master plan basically where we're looking to to grow. Uh, but Tesla shares were down about seven percent after Investor Day. So really, you know, the future of EVs, the future of you know energy, the way that they're going to move forward. Uh, some different announcements, the quiet launch of a Model Two and really, you know, the sustainable future of, of EVs. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of goes on. It, it's probably easier to read it all on like CNBC. I'm, I'm seeing it here. And uh, there's a lot of different things to take in. But uh, they're looking to make about 20 million electric vehicles per year by 2030. So that is a huge number. That is still a big growth number. Uh, we did see the Shanghai numbers come in at... Uh, 74,402 vehicles uh, just from Shanghai in February. That is up 31.7% year over year and up 13% month over month, which if you look back about two, three months, people thought uh, they weren't going to be able to sell as many Teslas with a lot of the different tax numbers that were or tax credits that were coming out. We were kind of delaying some of those numbers. But uh, it looks like you know other markets are still very strong. So up thirty one percent in a time where people thought we were going to be declining, and you know that order book was opening up a little bit. There weren't as many delays uh, in getting a car, or that that order window was certainly uh, shrinking. It went from like a year in some situ- situations down to you know weeks, and uh, we're, we're definitely seeing that slow uh, or that that order process take a lot less time but that these numbers are still increasing around the world. So I definitely think that's still bullish. Uh, I'm still bullish, and we really got to dissect all the different things that they're trying to do at one time to really break down uh, what happens here. So uh, with that being said, I want to kind of switch back over to that cover call story that I was uh, getting into this past week. And uh, the first thing I wanted to say is I did successfully complete Uh, my first covered calls here. So uh, I did enter, I think, three or four contracts of ChargePoint on Wednesday that expired on Friday. Now, I probably got about $45, $50 worth of premiums on these couple different contracts that I wrote. Uh, A couple expired at $11.50 at a strike price, and uh, I think a couple were at $12. So it closed on Friday. At uh, I believe it was eleven oh nine, and uh, that basically means yeah you know, 1108 So I did not have to sell my shares, right? So I wrote the contract to basically sell my shares if it, they if they hit eleven dollars and fifty cents or twelve dollars. They did not get there. They did have a weaker than uh, anticipated earnings report, and uh, yeah, they they t- basically tanked on Friday morning. I was trying to get a couple more contracts to potentially sell more shares. But by that point, the the uh, the window to actually make any money on these was so minuscule, it wasn't even worth the risk, in my opinion. So uh, they did close down the day about 1.6%, but uh, the outlook came up short. That is definitely the thing that we are looking at here. So they, uh, they lost about 13 cents per share in the fourth quarter from sales of 153 million. The loss was smaller than the 19 cents that we were expecting. But uh, we were also looking at $165 million uh, of uh, projected sales. So we didn't get either. Uh, we, we fell short on the sales. We, we didn't um, lose as much as anticipated. But uh, that that guidance going forward was that thing that was really driving uh, this number down on Friday. They were, I think I said, uh, down about 11% pre-market. And uh, that was definitely, you know, something that made the options uh, things go crazy. So I was uh, fortunate enough that I didn't have to sell any of these shares. I collected the premiums and uh, ultimately I'm going to try to fund my IRA with premiums that I'm selling for my brokerage. So I will get the premiums, that cash will go right into my brokerage account, and then I can transfer that money over to my IRA to ultimately fund that that account this year through uh, you know through some different uh, different means than I had before, just having new cash, I can uh, take these premiums and and transfer them over and try to kind of offset some of the year that I've been having with the lack of uh, weather that's cooperating with me into uh, my IRA funds to potentially really increase my dividend income in the IRA uh, and really shelter that money from more tax exposure. As I'm just going through my taxes and getting all that uh, situated, I really need to, you know, really protect any kind of money in the way of dividends any which way I can. So I'm going to try to, you know, really hammer the, the dividends in the IRA and protect it from the brokerage as much as I can. Uh, not tax advice, but that's what I'm looking to do. So that's what I've got there. We've got uh, MPW, right? Uh, MPW has been just getting destroyed. And I, I wanted to take a second to show or really talk as to why uh, we are sitting near the yearly low. We are at ten fifty three. the The low was set on March first at nine dollars and eighty seven cents, and the high for the year was last March at twenty one sixty three. So this one is sitting at an eleven percent dividend yield. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is to do with the real estate market but uh, a lot of it is to do with short sellers. Uh, So a lot of people do not think that this dividend yield of 11% is going to be sustainable. I really need to dig into this one because I really want to add if this dividend is safe. So um, that is a lot of the the drive on this one south, is that a lot of people are shorting on the fact that they don't think they have enough in uh, income to pay this high of a dividend going forward. So ultimately, we really got to look into how safe that is before we continue to buy. Because I do think that long term, this is a great stock. I know that the real estate has uh, deteriorated the underlying assets, but I want to make sure that occupancy rates are still high. I want to make sure that the income is still there. And uh, let's see if we can take a look real quick as i have you know trying to figure this out with you. If we look at Google and we're looking at uh, MPW occupancy rates and uh, let's see here. We've got uh, hospital casino net lease. Uh, is that not that's not just for MPW. Let's uh, let's see here if we can get any kind of well uh, on July 16th to 22 seeking alpha says that MPW had a strong 99% occupancy rate with 437 properties rented out of the 440 total. Uh, so the three that are vacant have a value of about $9 million. And uh, I've really got to dig in to get some more current numbers to know that this is going to be safe. I don't want to go ahead and invest more. As I've said before, if if you want to invest in one, you need three reasons as to why. An 11% dividend is great, but uh, you really need to look more into why we're buying that and simply not having, you know, that eleven percent dividend because if that gets cut, and that's the only reason we're there is for that income from that stock or from that fund, uh, you know, we've really got to reevaluate. So I want to really build a plan before I get into this one. I really want to do a little bit deeper of a dive onto what these numbers are looking like and uh, a little bit more updated. So I'm going to have to look through uh, MedicalPropertiesTrust.com uh, and really get a a breakdown as to what their numbers are looking like and really then share that with you guys because right now i i do feel strongly that this one is going to rebound but at the same time you know the the short sellers are definitely putting a squeeze on the share price and and that is definitely hurting a, a lot of the reputation right now a lot of people are really nervous as to um what's going on here. So it does say on their website that six healthcare re- peers reduce their dividends by a weighted average of 31%. Uh, so that is one of the first things that is on their website. So they are showing that they have a growth of uh, about 12.7% per year. Uh, yeah, to- Total shareholder returns over, te- over 10 years is 12.7%. Uh, which is higher than the Dow Jones Real Estate Healthcare, which is only 4.9%. The Dow Jones Equity All REIT fund is uh, 9.03. And uh, MSCI US REIT fund is 8.07. So they are outperforming. But we really got to you know dig a little bit deeper as to what these numbers are and uh, really figure out if this one's going to be safe going forward, because I really want to buy more of this one. I really want to uh, be able to get more in the way of dividends, especially into my IRA, because they are protected there. So um, yeah, that's what I got there. We've also got, um, what else we got? We've got China opening back up, and I wanted to cover this one. We haven't really talked casino stocks in quite a long time, but uh, now with you know China opening back up, and uh, a lot of the, the markets over there, a lot of the casinos over there in Macau are opening back up. And Wynn has been on an extreme tear that I really haven't been paying attention to. So I'm looking at the one year chart here. And uh, Wynn Resorts last July uh, was at $50.20. And now we are sitting at 116, you know, about eight months later. So, man, nine months later. So this thing has been on an absolute run. Their earnings per share is still, excuse me, negative uh, $5.54. As far as analyst research, what do we got there? We've got, uh, we're a little overvalued according to these 10 analysts. The, the average price target is 111 And so I do think that this one has... Uh, not much more room to go up in the, uh, in the short term. They are not profitable at the time after the amount of money that they lost through, uh, through COVID, uh, through a lot of the slowdowns in China. But, uh, I did want to point out that some of these stocks are running. So we got to pay attention to why, uh, and what industries could potentially, uh, have a lot of upside left. So it is getting harder and harder to find companies that seem to be undervalued at this point in time. But, uh. Pay attention to the other markets with companies that uh, are based in the US, but do uh, trade abroad. And uh, I think we're going to come back here in a little bit, and we're going to talk about a couple of these companies that might actually make sense, uh, that have a little bit more exposure in other markets that are still a little bit lower, and kind of come back, talk about those, get into the investing challenge for week, uh, what is it on, 11, I believe we're on? Uh, Yeah, we're on 11 already And uh, we're going to see what we can't figure out. So stick around. I will be right back and we will uh, talk a little bit more. All right, guys, we are back here. And if you have not yet created an account, uh, whether it be a trading account, custodial account, brokerage, retirement, uh, crypto account, we've got all the different links to help get you going. We've got uh, crypto accounts at uh, crypto.com, finance.us. I've got links for both. You can get uh, some good offers over there for putting in some money and getting a little bit of a kickback. Uh, you're helping me out too. Uh, Also got uh, E-Trade links for your, uh, whether it be a brokerage account, like what I've got, uh, retirement accounts, or even options plays over there that I am now starting to talk a little bit more about. Uh, I've got the links there as well. And I believe up until April 15th, if you make a deposit, you do get a a little bit of extra cash put into your account, depending on how much you are depositing. Uh, So that is a nice uh, offer that they've got going and uh, as well as webull.com for fractional shares uh that is a great way to get going as well if you're looking to put in you know 50 bucks a week and buy whatever stock you're looking at you can put in that flat rate of you know say 50 bucks a week 100 bucks a week uh versus you know something like e-trade where they are more you got to buy whole shares so uh, i've got uh, both you know crypto and uh, the different accounts I just talked about over in the description. So get uh, started and use my link, please. But uh, yeah, with that being said, a couple things that I forgot to mention. It has been a long weekend. And yeah, I know I posted this one on the group. So um, ABML, let's talk them. Uh, They have been absolutely on a tear this past week. They have about doubled in the course of five days. Now, this is a smaller operation uh, that is starting up in, you know, mining lithium, but also recycling uh, lithium. So this is definitely going to be a heavily speculative growth stock with big swings and uh, one that I'm definitely in for the long run by share count. Granted, it's they're only a, a dollar a share at the moment. It is the most shares that I own of any one stock and uh, one that I am long-term very bullish on for a couple different reasons. One, I think it's the right company at the right time. Two, I think the recycling of lithium is going to be very needed as you know, there's only a, so much of a supply out there. But uh, I do think that they have a lot of the technology to get it done. Uh, they got a lot of the land rights or mining rights out there in Nevada near uh, where the Tesla factory is. And I think that is gonna be a good... Uh, strategic play for where they're at, but also where all the lithium is. And this is the thing that really made them run this year, or this week, rather. Uh, So one of the largest known lithium deposits in the U.S. is identified at a, uh, well, it says ABTC, American Battery Technology Company. Uh, It's their Tunapa, I'm going to probably say that right Their Tunapa Flats property. And uh, this is going to be 15.8 million tons of lithium carbonate equivalent from a third party audited analysis on this property. This is a huge find. Uh, so yes, there's a lot of cost, a lot of uh, you know mining, a lot of different things, processes and time that it's going to take in order to get this out of the ground and refine it, mine it and do what they need to do. I know someone's going to tell me that this is a, a dirty process. I understand that. But uh, a lot of the things that are involved here is the fact that they are sitting on one of the largest lithium reserves in this brownstone or claystone that, uh, you know, is going to be in the right spot at the right time. And we're, you know, we're we're looking for this material by, uh, you know, the government's pushing it uh, kind of, you know, just in the U.S. here. We're definitely seeing the, the demand for it. But also worldwide. I just told you those Shanghai numbers. This is not just a U.S. thing. This is around the world. So this is a very bullish sign for me. And like I said, they did have a massive move higher this week. And uh, what was this? It does say it. uh, This encompasses 517 uh, claims on 10,340 acres, and they control 100% of the mining load claims. Uh, of this property. So that is just massive. Uh, they do have all those rights already in place. and like I said, they they started. Uh, the five day chart here is at fifty eight cents and they spiked up to a dollar eight. We are sitting at a dollar one on Friday up twenty one point six percent. So an absolute tear of a day on Friday, but it was all week. right when they found this news. This one just had, you know, 30% gains to another 20% gain. And uh, it just keeps keeps going. So uh, I would certainly think personally, I would add to this one if it does cool back down. I think long term, this is a winner. Um, uh, That's not financial advice. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to add where I can and just build this position. So I've got that there. We've also got uh, Salesforce, right? CRM is the ticker there. And when I'm looking at Salesforce, we saw the uh, the Mark Benioff and the the co-ceo, man, it was probably last September, October where he was leaving, and uh, it was just gonna be Mark Benioff. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of sell side pressure on this one over that time frame. We dropped from about one forty seven down to a low of about one twenty eight right around this time frame. And that looks like uh, that's probably about three months ago. So now we had uh, a good earnings report. We had, you know, Mark Benioff say, hey, this isn't my first recession. We're going to get through this thing and we're going to come out stronger. We're going to be laying off where we need to. We're going to be cutting costs. We're going to be doing what we've got to do ultimately to get uh, to where we're going. And, uh, yeah, you know, this one is still priced in as a as a high growth stock. The EPS is about uh, 2 or 26 cents per share, but it is growing, it is profitable, but that PE is really stretched from that standpoint of only having 26 cents per share on that EPS. So we do have a a PE of 717. I know it sounds high, but this is a strong growth company. So uh, there's not a ton of upside right now, but a lot of that is in the fact that we ran up. Uh, from 161, about uh, you know a week and a half ago, to about 186.60 uh, was the peak on Friday. We closed the day at 186, so a lot of growth happened in the you know this this past week from this news. But uh, I do think that as this one cools, it is going to be one that I also want to add to. Uh, so definitely having that customer relations uh, management type. You know, Software is critical to so many businesses, and uh, I do think that it is going to be uh, around for the foreseeable future. And uh, any way to get another customer, or retain another one, or be able to contact and, and, and just have all your management all in one spot is really helpful. Uh, so this one is definitely uh, on my watch list. I'm not saying that it is a screaming buy at the moment, but uh, I do think that this one will probably cool this week. So, for that reason, uh, I will start this week with the week eleven. Actually, you know what? I, I will say that number one is going to be Salesforce this week. However, I'm going to go back a second, and we are going to finish out week ten for the investing challenge. I, you know, getting out of order, getting a little ahead of myself here. So, what, uh, what are we going to be buying this week? Let's take a look at the Let It Grow Investing page. And ultimately, see what we've got. And I click it on the the laptop, and it goes away. That doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, yeah, I'll pull it up on my phone here. Let it grow investing. Uh, we're going to be buying land, uh, Gladstone Land. So I like that one, guys. We've got forty nine point five percent of upside, and we've got about a three point one percent dividend here. And uh, the other ones in the running this week were Waste Management, Stericycle, Wirehauser and um was the last one cisco food so thank you uh brad bathgate for throwing out these five names thanks for being on the show and we're going to be buying land so that one makes sense to me we're not making any more uh property out there these are triple net lease farm properties very heavy in the agricultural space and uh, i definitely think that this one has a lot of room to run plus we're getting a dividend to hold on to it so uh makes sense for me in this environment. And, uh, I think it's going to be recession proof. We're going to need these farms. And, uh, you know, these farmers are making money with higher food prices. So I do think that this one is going to uh, continue to do well. We've got a lot of upside and, uh, I'm ready to see where this one goes from here. So I will be buying $200 worth of ticker L A N D tomorrow in our Webull account. So I will be adding that, and uh, just a quick check on this one. I know we had a, a, a really nice up day on Friday. Um, we were kind of printing money, and I was getting nervous about some of these covered calls I was talking about because the market was, you know, just uh, screaming higher. I thought, me, you know, maybe ChargePoint does get over eleven fifty, and my shares leave, but uh, they did not. So I'm definitely glad to uh, keep my shares, but also have the rest of the market take off. So. Um, yeah, we were down about seven percent in this account on Weeble uh, that we started in twenty two, and now we are down four point seven percent. So, um, yeah, about uh, five hundred and seventy eight dollars worth of loss on this account at this given point in time. But uh, over the course of a year and uh, what about three months now, we have accumulated eleven thousand three six hundred and thirty four dollars by simply putting in $200 every week and buying. Uh, I know we're in the red, but ultimately this is going to be a way to, uh, well one, build up an account, uh, be able to buy a little bit more of these shares while things are in the red and really set ourselves up for future uh, gains. So that's what I'm looking at here. And uh, uh, hopefully we can continue to see this thing turn around. I know at some points we were down into the negative 20%. So it's definitely come back up pretty nice. And uh, yeah, so back to week 11. The first one I want to look at, uh, Salesforce. I did say it, CRM. Uh, let's take a look at the numbers and see where we're looking at from here. I'm going to pull up this Reuters report over on E-Trade. And it is still a buy, five-year return of about 53%. We've got uh, about 15% of upside still after this you know, $25 run over the past 10 days or so. We've got uh, earnings per share trending up for, uh, really for 24. It looks like we're going to be a little bit sideways in 23. Annual revenue of uh, about 20, oh, this is skips a year. I don't know why it skips a year. We got 23% of growth in 2025. And uh, what are the numbers looking like here? We've got a 3% discount on price, to, oh, no, 30 can't read, 37% discount on price to sales. We are trading at a really high PE. So that is greater than 100% higher than where it normally trades. But I will say that a lot of these numbers are skewed from some of the downfall that they had in the past uh, six months or so. The forward PE is trading at a 32 though. So the earnings are going to be coming back up. Uh, We are at a 41% discount on the forward PE. And that is where we're going, not where we're coming from. So I, I like to see a discount there that is definitely nice to see we've got uh the forward peg ratio their three their five-year average is a three we are currently sitting at 1.8 so we are paying less now for our future growth than what we were um you know even into well definitely from 21 we certainly saw these numbers drop in 22 so we don't have to pay as much for the growth that we were uh that we're forecasted to get We've also got the price to sales at a 5.6. The five the five year average is an 8.8, so it is high, right? It is a high uh, multiple compared to the S and P 500 at a 2.2, but the price to sales of 5.6 on Salesforce is cheaper than their average right now. So I do like that one. I like the fact that I think Mark Benioff knows a thing or two about getting through a recession, and uh, I like the like the positioning of the business right here also. So that is number one. I'm going out a little bit out of order here, but uh, that is going to be number one for this week. Number two, um, you might have kind of felt me lead on to this one. Bitcoin, uh, BTC is going to be number two. Now, the thought here is if uh, Silvergate is going to go, you know, you know, declare maybe some bankruptcy, maybe some hard times in this next week, Bitcoin should fall potentially by next week. Uh, so if it does, I would like to see us adding to this position when it is getting beat down. And even if it doesn't have an answer from Silvergate as to what happens this week, uh, Bitcoin is already trading down. So if we get uh, some kind of news that <clears throat> that things are looking better and we're not going to go through bankruptcy with Silvergate, I do think that Bitcoin should start taking off after that news as well. So... Uh, At right now, I'm in a place where I want to look to accumulate it. If things do go south, we'll be ready to buy it for next Monday uh, if we do vote on it this week. So that is what I'm looking at there. I do want to see a Bitcoin prices come down uh, in order to buy more. So that is where I'm at on Bitcoin. Now, number three, I'm looking abroad on this one. Now, this name uh, we've talked about before, but the the name is Mercado Libre. Uh, ticker is M E L I, and uh, they are the largest payment and uh, business facilitator of uh, e commerce in Latin America. So uh, think of them kind of as your Amazon of Latin America, and they are actually doing pretty well right now. They beat on uh, EPS. They beat on revenue. And uh, it's looking like they are you know, really set to take off here. And we really don't have as much exposure into other markets uh, as we probably should in our investing challenge portfolio. So I really wanted to look elsewhere this week <coughs> and try to get some different options in there. So uh, this one is still rated to buy. Five-year return of 213%. Uh, we've got about 13% of price target appreciation. The earnings per share is uh, definitely looking like it is growing nice and uh, you know, nice staircase pattern higher for 23 and 24. We've got annual revenue from 23 going to be forecasted up 25 percent, 24 up 55 percent. So I do like the growth pattern that they are on here <clears throat> and their, their numbers from this past quarter look strong, too. So I think they can continue to see these numbers grow. Price to sales at a 5.7, uh, I believe that we said that CRM was at 5.5, five, and their their five-year average is a 12.8, so it's a 55% discount there, their trailing PE is a 127, five-year average is a 100, uh, but their forward PE, where we're going, not where we're coming from, is going to be a 739 versus their forward PE five-year average of a 96. So it is a 23% discount on that forward. Um, again, the price of sales low. The forward peg ratio is a 0.5. 0.5, guys. That is a steal. When it's under one on a growth company, that is a solid price point to buy. Uh, so we're getting uh, the five-year average of a uh, three. We are only coming in at a sixth of that at 0.5. So I like that entry point. I like the numbers that they're pointing out there. Uh, we do have a slowdown that's potential uh, around the world, but uh, I do think that this one and some of the the track that they're already on makes me think that this could be a good entry point on Mercado Libre. And uh, let's even—I think on E Trade it might have been a little bit higher. Of now, I'm going to have to sign back in on the uh, the laptop here, so it might. Uh, yeah, We've got about 24% of upside from E-Trade and from, uh, what is this, TipRanks? I believe this is TipRanks as far as the price side appreciation. So Reuters is a little bit lower. Uh, the nine analysts on E-Trade say it's a little bit higher. So I think that this one could come, uh, come in strong, give us a little bit of international exposure in those Latin American markets and uh, kind of be another option to some of the different big names that we're used to looking at here. So number four. Uh, now this one made the cut a lot because it has high free cash flow, and that name is Pfizer. Ticker PFE, and they do have a dividend too. So we got a four point oh three uh, dividend yield. We've got a PE of a seven point five. Now. Um, where are we on the the price here? This is definitely something concerning. Uh, we were sitting at a 54.5 in December. Uh, that was the the high price over the past six months. Now we're sitting at a 41.1. So we're sitting close to this low. Now a lot of the problem with Pfizer is we have declining revenue over the next two years. I'm going to assume, which might not be the best thing to do. A lot of that is to do with slowing COVID vaccines from Pfizer. Uh, so the, the market has definitely beat this one down from these slowing revenue numbers, but they do have a strong pipeline. They do have a lot of good drugs. They are a very diverse company. We got 30% in oncology, 21.5% in vaccines. So if uh, that vaccine number does slow down to more than that 21%, it could hurt that, uh, that part of the business. Hospital, uh, part of their business is at 19%. Internal medicine, 13.7. Rare disease, 9.2. Inflammatory immunology, 4.8. Cash, 1.4%. So, uh, but the the fear here is that uh, the vaccine side of the business will slow more. But uh, this one is still rated really strong. It does have a, a currently rated a 10 on Reuters. It is a positive outlook. Uh, They do have about 19% five-year return, which isn't that high, but uh, this past year has kind of crushed that also, coming down about 14.8% in the past year. We've got price target appreciation of 29.2%. You add in that 4% dividend yield, you're somewhere in the 33 range for upside appreciation. But as I said, the earnings per share is set to tank and 23 And then kind of stabilize into 2024. Forecasted growth, negative 31% in 23 on that revenue and down 29% in 2024. So it looks like it's actually coming back up for 2024, but uh, from current numbers down 29%. Uh, Dividend growth, only 2.6%. I'd like to see that a little bit bit higher. Dividend payout ratio, 29.4. I think that's safe. They can cover the the dividend 3.8 times uh, as of December of 22. We are at a 42% discount on price to sales, 51% discount on trailing PE, only a 2% discount on that forward PE, but it is 37% cheaper than the S&P 500. So that is one of the things we talked about uh, probably about a week ago. Stocks that we wanna be in right now uh, I thought healthcare was going to be safe. This one has already gotten beat down on some of the slowdown in vaccines. So I think the forward PE coming down, we've got uh, a safe dividend. We know that the the business has already taken a beating from not having the the vaccine income. Um, a lot of different things here point to the fact, and, and this one is, is a free cash flow monster. Uh, I think a lot of these signs point to the fact that this one has gotten beat down too much the uh, the price of sales is at a uh, a five year low. We've got uh, the the peg ratio is trading high. Now that has a lot to do with the fact that we're not growing right now, right? the the revenue growth is negative. so the 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 peg ratio is spiking above a five. But uh, I think once we stabilize and those growth numbers get back in line, I think we're gonna see the the track of this business really. Uh, stabilize, and we can go ahead and get this free cash flow monster that makes a four percent dividend, which is about what some of these uh, these you know T bills or bonds are doing right now. And we can set ourselves up uh, for future gains with a high free cash flow play with uh, you know that healthcare backing in the right space. Uh, so I think that this one could be something to look at. Um, let me know. Maybe if if that makes sense to you, maybe that's the one you vote for. But uh, number five is going to be another name that we really haven't talked about much. I'm not an expert on this one, but it is in another part of the world that I think is going to do give us a little bit more exposure. Let's put it that way. Uh, The the company is C Limited, S-E-A. The ticker is S-E. So S-E for C Limited. Now, this one... We've got, uh, let, let's read through what they do. Let's uh, let's get that. We've got, uh, the company operates across three businesses, namely digital entertainment, e-commerce, as well as digital payments and financial services. They've got uh, online gaming. They've got uh, you know payment plays. They've got uh, e-sports. They've got uh, the Shopee platform. It's a mobile-centric social-focused marketplace, a shopping environment with integrated payments. Logistics, infrastructure, and seller services. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of a couple different companies put all into one. As far as um, you know, how we might com- compare uh, Mercado Libre to Amazon or Baidu to Google. This one kind of combines a, a, a few different companies into one different powerhouse, and they are going to be operating in. Uh, Indonesia, Taiwan, Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, the Philippines, and others. So that Southeast Asia market is really where they are, and they kind of control that market. So now when I'm looking at uh, the the research here, this is a buy. They do have a five-year return of 496%. So this one has definitely seen some growth. Uh, we still have price-side appreciation of 45%. We've still got Forecasted growth for 23 at 37.6%. We've got, uh, what other numbers we got here? 70% discount on price to sales. So we're sitting at a 2.6, five-year average is an 8.5. So it's trading cheaper than normal. Uh, I don't have a peg ratio for you guys, but uh, it is trading cheaper than normal. Uh, Where are we on we don't have any of this other information, but I do like where the company's at. I do like the exposure in some different markets. Uh, I do think that uh, they can continue to grow uh, through these different mixes of businesses that they have. And like I said, I want to uh, expand our horizons into some international stocks. So I included Mercado Libre and C Limited uh, this week. We've got, uh, again, I'm going to run through them. we got CRM, Salesforce number one. We've got Bitcoin, BTC number two. Mercado Libre, M E L I, number three. Pfizer, PFE, number four. C Limited, number five, S E. So uh, only one that is going to be paying a dividend, and that name is Pfizer. But uh, yeah, get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Go ahead and give me your votes for which name we need to be buying for week 11. I will be buying land, Gladstone Land, for week 10. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got for you guys today. So get out there, um, get invested and and let me know your thoughts as to what we should be buying this week on that Let It Grow Investing Challenge on, uh, Facebook. So thank you guys for stopping by. I will catch you in the next one. Take care.